Welcome to Astrolace, a podcast made to explore the universe and your place in it, launching in 3, 2, 1. Hello everyone, welcome back to my vibe and my frequency. I'm so excited to talk about today's topic, which is all about past lives. But before we hop into that, I do want to go over the current astrology because this is Astrolace and that's what we do. Okay, so it's Leo season. <sighs> Did that sound like a lion? Leo season began July 22nd. I hope you can all feel the enthusiasm of your inner child coming out to play. Feel a rush of vitality flowing through you, telling you to live your own authentic life. To be honest, this energy, I was feeling it more before Leo season even began. I want to say about a week and a half ago, I was painting, I was expressing myself, and I felt like my true self. I felt like I was able to get shit done again. But then, as the week started going by, I started feeling a little bit sluggish again and a little bit harder to get on with what I wanted to do, to feel self-motivated. And I realized that there's a lot of other planetary activities that are going on that are making this Leo energy really hard to tap into, but I promise it's still there, just really deep down. You gotta like deep dive down there for that vitality, life force energy. Reason being is that we have Mars, one of our personal planets, in its pre-shadow phase. It just entered in there the 25th or the 26th, depending on where you're living. And when Mars goes into its pre-shadow phase, it's tracing the path in the sky where it's about to move backwards. It's not going to go backwards until early September, like September 9th. However, it's tracing the pattern in the sky, so it's slowing down, about to go backwards in September. This is going to show us a little bit of insight into the themes we'll be seeing around September, and it's also going to make us feel a little bit of a holdback or like there's some roadblocks in our path ahead. Now, Mars is ruled by Aries and Mars is currently in Aries, so this is going to intensify or strengthen that energy even more. Not to mention it's also at the peak of its square to Jupiter and Pluto, because Jupiter and Pluto are still conjunct in the sky. Those have been key players in lots of events happening throughout 2020, so when Mars is aspecting these two planets, it's going to activate some of that energy that we saw in the beginning of the year. We had our new moon in Cancer on July 20th, which is our 7th 2020 magical day of the year. This was A, a great night to see Comet Neowise because the moon is not in the sky or you can't see it, and that allows you to see more stars. If you did not get to see this comment, you could head to my Instagram profile at astro.lace. My friend's brother took an awesome photo of this comment. You could see it shooting across over Donner Summit, California. California, that's what I just said. Um, but also B is great time for new beginnings and new seeds to be planted. So whether you started something new or not, deep down your soul was aware of something new for you to go for. Also literally a good time to plant new seeds. I planted some little seedlings and they sprung up in two days around the new moon. I guess the water affects the way the water swells in the seed, allowing more nutrients to go up the plant and that allows them to grow faster. Google it if you don't know about it already, but that is a great time to actually plant physical seeds and spiritual seeds. Right now, the moon is in Scorpio, and Scorpio is known to bring a lot more deep and intense emotions, maybe a little bit more sexual today, you never know. 
we're gonna have the sun squaring uranus soon or you might even be feeling the effects already because uranus does move really slowly through the sky so it's gonna be at that 90 degree angle to the sun for a while um, but the peak will be august 2nd and when the sun aka our higher self is squaring uranus aka our higher mind this is gonna bring kind of like an argument between our ego and the things that we're thinking about so we might have things that we're like kind of unsure coming up to the service we're like uh, i don't really know how to feel about that i don't really know how to act on that once the full moon comes up in aquarius we're really going to know how to act on that and um that's going to be the time for you to easily shed whatever it needs to fall away or whatever you need to let go of and haven't been able to yet for some reason you're going to be able to let go of it on that day which is august 3rd Another planetary alignment that's happening and you can kind of be excited for this one is the Lion's Gate Portal. This will be on August 8th and this is when the sun is going to be at the peak of Leo and it's going to align with the Sirius star and the earth and it's going to create a portal that allows high vibrational frequency to flow directly through your heart and your third eye center. So if you start to feel a little bit more intuitive, a little bit more psychic abilities coming through, that's the Lion's Gate Portal doing its work. Um, make sure you you're paying attention to your dreams come august august 1st when you start having more vivid dreams this is going to give you some insight on anything that you need downloaded from your spirit guides from your higher self pay attention to your dreams come the first week of august all right enough about the planets if you clicked on this episode, chances are you are highly interested in past lives. You may have had a past life that you remember, or you just like have no idea what past lives are all about and you wanted to hear a lunatic talk about it. So what I'm about to share with you guys are things that I have gathered throughout my research and throughout my experience, and I am not a licensed professional in any way. So now that that's out of the way, let's all go back to a time that we all remember oh so well being in our mother's womb you know the darkness the comfort the tranquility yeah none of us remember that was a key point in our life wouldn't you say being born like we celebrate our birthday every year that's a major aspect of our life yet we don't remember why would we not remember this major life event well it's not really necessary for our experience here on earth. So how crazy is it to examine the belief that our eternal soul's memory of our past lives is blocked so that we can fully experience our life and our new purpose here on earth? I personally don't think this idea is crazy at all. I almost think it's crazy to believe that this is the only life that your soul, your eternal soul, could ever live. For whatever special reason unknown to me, some kids and people actually do remember their past lives and I first heard about this on a show called Ghost Inside My Child. I don't even know if they air this anymore, but sometimes I'll go back on YouTube and view these episodes just because they're really interesting. For example, there's this one girl who remembered a whole like Mayan or Aztec language and map. She was able to draw it out with her crayons. Now, you can say that the parents showed her history channel, but how is she going to remember a language? She can read and read and write a whole other language. And then um, she drew out a map that they weren't even able to find. Her parents weren't able to find on the internet. They had to go searching in libraries and finally found in a book a map that matched her drawing that she says she sees when she's asleep. So she's able to describe this whole ancient culture that actually existed. That's not made up in her head. That's real. That's a past life. She was there. Whether this show is 100% true or not, it did spark many other questions inside my head like, 
what if this is where our innate fears come from? You know, those unexplainable fears like afraid of heights or being afraid of spiders, but we actually have no reason to be afraid of them. What if this is how we get our birthmarks? Like, what if we got shot in our past life and that bullet wound looking birthmark is from that wound? What if this explains mentally gifted children, you know, the ones who are just born with this sense of knowing and they already know how to read and write as soon as their teacher tells them to? Like baby geniuses. What if this is why you're born into a certain socioeconomic status in your current life? Was that because you had like either good karma or bad karma from your past life? Like maybe that's why I'm middle class this life. I don't know. Maybe I was just an okay person last life. These are the things that were brought up once I heard about the concept of past life. So since then, many, many years ago, I've done ample research and that is why I'm here to share with you guys the research that I've done. Luckily, with the internet and conscious minds out there who are doing their thing, we have a lot more resources and information regarding past lives and how our consciousness is transferred from life to life. But you have to understand that therapists back in the day, they didn't know about past lives and they were finding out about them through client experiences not through the internet not from talks at the dinner table they were finding out through the clients just talking about their other lives so i'm going to play for you guys a clip from the oprah winfrey show where she guest stars dr brian weiss once a past life skeptic now a past life expert but for me i needed more because i was such a skeptic so left brain so academic yeah. and i started already explaining it away like oh maybe she saw movies or read about this, or maybe it's the collective unconscious that the psychoanalyst Carl Jung wrote about yeah. or something else going on. But when she came back in the next week, her symptoms were disappearing. Okay, so this is obviously someone who's left-brained. He went to school and was trained to diagnose people on a professional level, yet he's having these clients explain experiences in other lifetimes when they're under this hypnotic state. When Oprah asked Dr. Weiss, what's the moment you finally started believing in past lives? This is what he says. And I remember my office feeling very cold, icy cold at this moment. She said, there are two people here to see you, your father and your son. Now she's in this hypnotized state. She's in between lifetimes now, just floating there, but still in a deep state. And she didn't know anything about me. I don't even have diplomas hanging in my office. So she's telling me your father's here and your son. So she doesn't know that your father is passed or no, not passed. No. And this was before you could Google your doctor. It was before the internet. It was <laughs> yes, before you could Google your doctor. Yes. Before all this, uh, she didn't know anything about my father. She she said your father um, is here. He died from his heart. His heart was important. Your daughter is named after him. And she went into other medical details. He died in New Jersey a year and a half before. I began with Catherine um, just before Amy was born. Amy was named after him, and Catherine's telling me this, the room's still feeling icy cold, and I'm thinking, what is this? How does she know this? Because he never had an obituary. There's, it's not only before the internet. There's no place to look it up. There's no obituary. It's not written down. Our best friends didn't know these details. And then she said, your son is with him. He's here too. He's very tiny, shining brightly, and his heart is important also because it's turned around backwards. And she went into why he died. Medical details, that was the son, my first child, who died in 1971. This is happening around 1981. This was the son who had lived 23 days. Yes, she's telling me about him and the very rare congenital heart deformity. She's describing it. 
and giving me other details. And that was the epiphany for me. That was the moment I knew. Wow, you guys. So he's talking about her being in between lifetimes. So how she got to this state, he says, is she regressed back to a past life while she's in this hypnotic state and she goes through the death of her past life and then she's just her consciousness and while she's just her consciousness she was able to be visited because she's just in between lives she was visited by his father and his uh, passed away son and she's telling him about this so this is information that she would have no way of knowing unless she was actually in this state so this is where he was like okay this is real. People are actually going to these places. This isn't just made up in my head. This isn't just something that they've seen before. This prompts the question as to how we get to this timeless, spaceless reality that his client was in when she was able to tell him about his father. Well, many scientists would tell you that the right side of your brain is what we use to resonate with energy fields that are quote-unquote non-local according to quantum physics. The whole literal and energetic mechanics involving accessing the soul memory and our past life records is kind of hard to explain, but expert regression therapist Linda Bachman would tell you that basically in an altered state of consciousness, there's an opening to our intuitive processes because our brain waves are slower in a hypnotic state. When the brain waves are slower, Lower, aka in a trance we're able to access space time where our past future present it all resides so we have access to we're basically just our consciousness in space time hypnotherapy is just one way you can actually access these past life memories but there are other ways to get access. You can do it through deep meditation. Some people will astro travel. Some people have access to the Akashic Records. Whatever way you feel most comfortable with is probably the way you should go. What I would kind of recommend before you dive into past life regression is to definitely consult your higher self. You can do this by using a crystal pendulum. Google it if you don't already know how to use a crystal pendulum, but basically it'll cut through your ego and get straight to your soul's answer. It'll tell you yes or no if this is a good idea. Some people, it's a great idea. Like they have this crippling fear of something or they have something that just makes them really angry and they have no idea why. There's some underlying factor that they're not able to pinpoint. Going into past life memories is one way that'll kind of help you solve why you have those feelings and it'll help you be able to release it. Now, it's not really going to help you if you like remember a past life where you died tragically and now this life you're just going to be scared of going to do that thing the whole rest of your life. If it's just going to instill fear into this life, that's not going to help you. We're trying to remove fear. We're trying to raise your vibrations. So this is kind of what you want to examine and figure out before you go diving into all your other lives. Now I'm going to really blow your mind. Try and stay with me here. Okay, so our physical bodies, they exist here within the fourth dimension, where fourth dimension is time. But outside of this, where our consciousness and our souls have access to, there is no time. There's no past, there's no present, there's no future, it's all one. So really, we're all living all of our past lives concurrently. Yeah, they're not in the past at all. They're actually all happening right now. So how is this possible? The way I see it, or what I've kind of gathered is that our souls are like a hologram where if you take just a tiny fragment of that hologram it's still going to have 100% of the information of the other hologram. So there's one piece, 
one motherboard and our lives here that you're experiencing that you know you're the one listening to this podcast right now that's just a tiny little fragment of your whole soul the rest of your soul or the rest of your conscious being your higher self you always have access to but it resides outside of the fourth dimension the reason why this is really hard for lots of us to wrap our heads around is because anything outside of the fourth dimension is mind-blowing we don't understand it it's like no that can't exist because we're not programmed to be aware of those other things we're programmed to be here in the third dimension living this life I'm going to read you guys a story about different dimensions that kind of explains why it's so hard to grasp anything outside of what we already know. In 1884, Edwin A. Abbott published a novel called Flatland, a romance of many dimensions that depicts the problem of seeing dimensions beyond our own. He describes the life of a square in a two-dimensional world. So living in 2D means that the square is surrounded by circles, triangles, and rectangles, but all the square sees are other lines. One day, the square is visited by a sphere. On first glance, the sphere looks just like a circle to the square, and the square can't comprehend what the sphere means when he explains 3D objects. Eventually, the sphere takes the square to the 3D world, and the square understands. He sees not just lines, but entire shapes that have depth. Emboldened, the square asks the sphere what exists beyond the 3D world. The sphere is appalled. The sphere can't comprehend a world beyond this, and in this way stands in for the reader that our brains aren't trained to see anything other than our world, and it will likely take something from another dimension to make us understand. That kind of circles back to why Dr. Weiss all of a sudden just believed his clients when they were talking about these past lives because he realized that the client was in space-time where she was presented by a non-living being his father this was the spiritual realm he knew after he was presented with information from outside of this dimension that this shit was real but until then he just left brain no 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 that's fake that must be imagination okay so now we've established that our soul aka our consciousness does in fact have access to space-time we understand that outside of our life here there's other dimensions that currently exist and we have access to now let's circle back to how we can be just a fragment of our soul here and still be living concurrent lives elsewhere on maybe other different planets to do this let's take a look at how spiritual teacher and author gary zukov describe the entirety of our soul and yet again the Oprah Winfrey Network. Look at it this way. Every fleet of ships that sails has a mothership. One ship that knows where all of them are going and sets the direction for all of those ships to sail. Mm -hmm. This doesn't mean that the mothership determines what happens on each of the other ships in the fleet. Life on one of the ships might be mostly pleasant. On yet another ship it might be mostly unpleasant. Now imagine the mothership is the biggest ship you can imagine. It's a city afloat, magnificent. And now imagine that the rest of the boats, the ships, are not really ships, but little boats. Mm -hmm. The mothership is your soul, and you are one of the little boats. The mothership knows why... That's a very nice analogy, really. The mothership knows why you are in the water. You may not know all of the time. The mothership knows why you encounter storms. 
He goes on to explain how each of the little ships or little boats has free will, so it doesn't have to go the same direction that the mothership or your higher self wants you to, but if it does go in the same direction, you're going to have easy flowing waters. You're going to run into some rough waters when you're going against the flow of your higher self. So this is a great analogy. I thought I would share it with you guys and hopefully give you a little bit better understanding of how your soul would be split up into so many different lives all at the same time and they could all be going through different things. At this point, now I want to ask you guys, have you ever been unexplainably drawn towards a certain era, a certain group of people, a certain place? Think about it. Those places that you just automatically are drawn to. It's like your soul lights up when you hear about it, talk about it, or are actually around it. You probably had a past life in that area. For me, I loved the movie Atlantis growing up. It wasn't just that, but anytime anyone would talk about Atlanteans, I would just perk up. So I have a feeling that in one of my past lives, I was an Atlantean. I haven't been able to regress back to a time when I was an Atlantean or anything underwater by doing self-hypnosis, however, I have discovered two past lives that I'm really excited to share with you guys. I've had two different instances where I visited this one particular past life, and I'll explain kind of the two different ways that I got to that state, but I do want to mention that self-hypnosis only really works if you're able to reduce your brainwaves down to a slower level and enter a separate state of consciousness. You can do this if you're practiced in meditating. So this is why it's very important to meditate every day. Even if you don't have the intention to do a past life regression, you still need to be able to get in that meditative state where your consciousness is at a different and higher level. So the first time going into this one particular life, after getting into this meditative state and my consciousness is now in space-time, I'm imagining a walking down into a library and there's a chair there. I feel the chair, I note what the chair looks like, what it smells like, I sit on it and I'm feeling the arms of the chair with my hands. I look around and see all the books around me. Once I'm calm, you count down from 10 um, and you're fully hypnotized by yourself, you're gonna go to one of the books and you're gonna pick out which one you want to read. You're gonna feel the spine of the book what it feels like, what the material is made of, what color it is, and then you're going to pull out the book and you're going to open it and you're going to have the intention for the book to hold one of your past lives. So the first time I did this, I entered the life of a little black boy sitting in a field and that's all I could see. Once I was there, um, I kind of like snapped back into out of space time and my consciousness back into my body and I was kind of freaked out. I didn't really get much insight from that and I wasn't ever really able to go back to that space until recently. Not being able to go back to that space and imagine what my life was like being that boy in the field, that kind of shows me that it's not my imagination because I can't just make it up. Recently, when I did another past life regression, I entered this life again. I entered a different way and I spent a little bit more time there. Um, and I definitely felt a lot more. I gathered a lot more information about my life. For example, I had absolutely no parents. I had to sneak around the house so that no one would hear me. And my clothes were very, very old. Like, I wouldn't even call them clothes. Um, I really like to whistle. 
And I think that's why in this life, I will whistle randomly when I'm not thinking about it. It just kind of happens. But how I got back to this life was through a different self-hypnosis session where instead of imagining myself in a library, I imagined myself at the top of a staircase and I noted the color of the staircase, the way it was positioned, if it was on the left, the center, the right side of the room, um, if it went down straight, if it was diagonal. For me, it was curling down in a spiral and there's 10 steps on the staircase. So once you get to the bottom of the staircase, you are at a long hallway and the long hallway has doors going down. Each door is going to have a different life behind it. When I first got here, I was immediately drawn to all the way in the back towards the left. There was an open door with light coming out and when I got to the door, it was made out of completely light like just vibrational light beaming um when i was trying to imagine the door handle i put my hand to the door and the the knob just kind of emerged out of light and i was able to turn it and open it it kind of looked like tie-dye wave frequency in a way and i was able to open the door and then i shut it behind me and then once i had the door shut i looked down at my feet and my feet were light purple I was just a light being. I was floating off the ground. I didn't have a physical touch, but I was still like a 3D object. And then I moved forward after examining myself in this state. And when I moved forward, I was a bunch, I was around a bunch of different other light purple beings. We were in what it looked like the inside of a white spaceship. There was screens that were slanted towards the ground and I was looking into the screens and what I could see was earth and I was discussing with the other purple light beings how we could help earth and what areas we needed to grow in. I wasn't talking to these other beings, it was all just telepathic, it's like we just knew and then I pushed myself forward to the end of that lifetime like you would do in a life past life regression. At the end of this lifetime, which I believe I was in between lives, I saw my parents in Chicago and they were young in college and I chose them before coming down here. And I have never remembered this before, so this is why I'm kind of shaken up even just talking about it. Um, and then I, I left that life and then I went to the other door that was brown and it was really old with like this crystal knob sticking out and that's where I went back to the other little boy's life. But I just spent a short time there because I had already been self-hypnotized for like 40 minutes and I was like ready to wake up. To be honest, I was like taken back by what I just saw and I was really excited to go look it up and see what the purple light beings were all about and this is what i found with our soul energy being light frequency and light frequency being perceived as color that means that our soul energy has a color and that color is gradually going to shift through the colors of the rainbow as we advance this is according to Linda Bachman. She's a past life regression therapist and she has been for over 30 years. She's very intelligent. She has a book called uh, Souls on Earth. And in this book, she talks about clients' level of soul evolution being indicated by the color of their core soul energy during the regression. She goes on to say, from your first incarnation, your frequency of divine light called soul begins a profound climb towards higher wisdom. During a soul regression, the client can sense their soul's color or frequency. 
So obviously that was cool to find out because I did not know about this before doing that past life regression. And in this theory, she has purple being towards the end of the scale, right before white and gold, where that would be like the highest level of incarnation or whatever. And this is just according to her theory, but she does say there's nothing better or worse about where you are at your soul evolution. It's just as with school, we must complete first grade before second and so forth. I first found out about Linda Bachman on the Conscious Life Expo 2020, one of their conferences. She was discussing past lives and I was just drawn to that one, obviously. She explained that there's actually three different types of souls that incarnate on this earth and through her experience of 30 years of helping clients, she's noted that most of us aren't even from this planet. We've maybe had like 50 lives here, but most of us come from, or about half of her clients have come from other planets or other star systems. You guys have to remember that our souls are eternal. It's not just for this lifetime. Our souls go on forever and forever is a long, long time. So yes, you have lived many lives, some not as many as others, but you still have lived many, many lives. I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. So I think it's funny how some people will believe that once you accept Lord and Savior into your life, you will have an eternal life after that. And they go on with that concept, but they don't really consider the concept. They still don't really believe that they're going to live on forever. They just believe that they're going to pass from this life and go to heaven and that's it. No, your soul is going to live forever. Now you guys are under this belief that your soul is eternal. So what do you do when you're up there? You're just going to worship God the rest of eternity, which is way longer than this lifetime here. God wants the universe to expand. He wants us to learn and grow. Why wouldn't he send us down for all that time in eternity that you believe your soul is eternal for? Why wouldn't he send us down for more growing so that the universe can be filled with more and more love? My point in all this is that people will say that I'm crazy for believing in past lives, yet they are Christian and they believe in eternal life after this one, but not before this one. But that's a whole nother topic that's up for discussion. I will make sure to record another episode on that one and get back to the three different types of souls. So basically, out of all of her years of client data, she gathered that about 50% of the clients are interplanetary souls. And that means that they were mostly extraterrestrial beings, being from other planets and other star systems, living most of their lives there. They've only incarnated here about 50 times. There's earthbound, or sorry, earth-based, not earthbound. Those are the ones who have mostly done all of their lives here on Earth. They're really good at this school and this training program that we got going on here. And then you have the angelic realm, and those are the very high vibrational souls that are at the angelic realm already, and they come down to earth for a higher purpose than most of the individual souls here. So typically one will resonate more with you than another. For me, I definitely feel like I'm an interplanetary soul, and I've lived most of my lives not here on earth. I can tell because... I feel a bit uncomfortable in this like skin suit that I'm wearing, aka my human body. I'm in this physical vessel that my soul isn't really used to being in. And for others, you might feel really comfortable. You might really like the processes here. I really am bound to break the limits and processes here on earth. I really don't feel like I'm fit into any normal day-to-day life. I don't think that the whole going to college, getting married, having a baby, that's the rest of your life, you get a house and you're done. I don't think that's the life for me and that's 
totally fine if that is the life for you. Everyone has a different purpose here. So finally, after all of these years of researching past lives, I've concluded that we do have some innate fears that come from past lives. However, I don't believe that all of our fears come from past lives. For example, our DNA is a straight information holder. It holds so much information that you can download an ebook into it and then re-download it back into a computer and it'll be perfectly fine. Actually, they did this. You can actually do it with a thousand million kajillion ebooks. That's how much information your DNA can actually store. And I'm talking real computer data. So that being said, when your DNA is transferred down through generations, you can also have their generational memories stored in their DNA in your DNA, and that can cause innate fears as well. Again, that's why it's important to consult your higher self and see if a past life regression is going to help you out or not. Another thing that I've intuitively concluded is that we aren't necessarily placed in a socioeconomic status based on our past lives or what we did, like some sort of karma. However, we do have some sort of karma. What it is are life contracts that we set up for ourselves that we didn't complete. These are kind of like past life missteps and the stuff that we need to transmute in this life in order to achieve this life's intention. These are demonstrated by the north and south node on our birth charts and I'm going to do a whole other episode on how you can have little clues to your past life based on your birth chart, but this episode ended up being so long that we're going to have to do a part two, so I hope you guys all join me there. I hope I gave you guys enough information so that you can kind of take some of it and have your own experience and gather your own conclusions about past lives. I will be doing a tarot reading regarding your past life, so stay tuned for that, and I will see you guys next time on Astrolace. I love you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you later.